What is up, you guys? Welcome in to episode three of Entertainment Purposes Only. I am your host, Ben Hardy. We're going to be getting into the college football action here in just a little bit. First, we got some housekeeping things to take care of. Uh, first off, thank you again to our sponsor, Arbitrage Racing, the premier stable in the digital horse racing game. You're not going to find a better stable out there. That's my personal guarantee, okay? You can follow them on Twitter at Arbitrage Racing. No G at the end of that Twitter handle. But again, Arbitrage Racing, they support the show. Good guys over there. Not going to find a better stable in the digital horse racing game. Next up, hearing a lot of chirping out there. A lot of talking. A lot of talking from the viewers of this show, from the peanut gallery, complaining about my lack of a background back here and my lack of a microphone for good sound quality on the YouTube show and podcast. Guys, it's up to you, okay? That's going to be up to you. As soon as we can get this thing monetized, I'll be able to afford a microphone so you don't hurt your ears when you're trying to listen to the show. I'll be able to afford some artwork in the background, okay? I know you can see kind of the side of a frame here. That's nothing you want to see, okay? That's just my bachelor degree diploma that it took me six and a half years to get, okay? Nothing special. But again, once we can get this thing monetized, I'll be able to afford some of that stuff, okay? Get a better show going. How do we do that? You like and subscribe. That's how you do it. So click that thumbs up under the video. Click that subscribe button under the video. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down. Click that five-star review, okay? That's all I ask. That's all I ask, and then that can make the show better eventually, okay? All right. Probably the only episode this week, probably the only episode this week, real life's getting in the way, work's getting in the way, uh, but yeah, we're going to just cover it all. We're going to recap last week and look forward to this week. Luckily, this week's slate is terrible, so there's not a whole lot to get to there, but we're going to go ahead and get into it. Okay, a lot of you asking me in the lead up to this show, you said, Ben, you said week one was too early to overreact to the downfall of the SEC. Well, after week two, where do you stand on it? Honestly, I don't know what you guys are talking about. The SEC held their own in week two, if not more than that. Okay, nobody thought Vanderbilt was beating Wake Forest. That was a big spread. Okay, that one shouldn't even count. Alabama, Texas. Okay, yeah, Texas won the game. But if we're being honest... Like, Texas is in the SEC next year. So can you really say that's a strike against the SEC when uh, its newest member starting next year is going into Brian Denny and beating Alabama? If anything, that's a good thing for the SEC. Okay? That just shows how dominant they actually are. Ole Miss ended up pulling away from Tulane. No problem. Texas A&M got smoked by Miami. But again, can we really say Texas A&M is an SEC program at this point? They joined with Missouri 11 years ago. It's never felt like they were really a part of the conference, okay? So I, I can't even count that in good faith, all right? Auburn goes three-hour flight to the West Coast, beats Cal on the road. Was it the prettiest game ever? No. But will we take an ugly win over a pretty loss? Yes. So, again... I mean, yeah, Vanderbilt lost to Wake Forest. Woo-hoo. Besides that, the SEC was just fine. 
Texas is going to be in the SEC next year. It's basically an SEC win. A&M's barely been in the conference for a decade. I mean, you can't really count them. Again, just the the lust, lust isn't the right word, the vigor of people trying to just prey on the downfall of the SEC is disgusting, and I don't get it. Again, if you want the SEC to not be considered the best conference in the country, beat us. Beat us. Okay? And again, like Texas is in the conference next year. doesn't count. A&M doesn't count either. Auburn won. Ole Miss won. Moving on. So, I talked last episode about Mario Cristobal. talked a little bit of trash about him. Said he was uh, resistant to letting his offense and his quarterback cut it loose. They cut it loose on Saturday. Make no mistake about it. Tyler Van Dyke was a man possessed. I can't even remember his stat line, his numbers, but they were good. Okay. They dominate Texas A&M. Texas A&M was up 10 to nothing before you could blink in this game, by the way. Don't forget that. Miami teams of the past would have folded like a cheap lawn chair. They did it. They fought back. They stayed calm. They said, quarterback, go do your thing. Keep us in this game. He did. They end up pulling away from Texas A&M. Big win for the Canes. And if Mario Cristobal is going to let his offense operate like that, going back to what we talked about last week, where that was my fear for them, then the sky's the limit for the Canes. Not necessarily this season, but give him a couple more years to keep building that roster up because he's a very good recruiter. If he lets him cut it loose like that, Miami is in very, very good shape moving forward. Texas just beat Alabama straight up. Like, that was not a fluke. They went in there. Quinn Ewers proved he's a Heisman candidate. Finally lived up to that number one overall recruiting ranking from a few years ago. A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, big games. If Xavier Worthy could have caught, by the way, it would have been an even bigger blowout. Ewers would have put up even bigger numbers. He had a couple big drops. But the Alabama line of scrimmage just got dominated as well. We're not used to seeing that. That was supposed to be the strength of their team this season. Okay, yeah, Jalen Miller, he's not great. But between his running and the running backs behind that offensive line, they're supposed to be able to just bully ball teams all season. And it didn't go too well for them. And they weren't holding up against it. Their defense wasn't holding up against the Texas run game either. That, we talked about Duke Clemson last week, people saying there was nothing fluky about that and how I disagreed. That Texas family game, there was nothing fluky about that. Texas is real. Texas is here. And again, just in time for their arrival to the SEC. And it's a good thing from the SEC's perspective, actually, that this is happening the year before they joined the SEC. Because if they were just this mediocre program for over a decade up until joining the SEC, and then they got good the year they joined the SEC, all you haters out there would have just been saying, oh, they're still the same program. They're just playing in the SEC now so they can win those games. No, they're actually good. Okay. They're a national contender. And they're going to continue that. Quinn's probably gone after this year. Arch Manning will take over. They won't miss a beat. With Sark and those receivers they've been recruiting, they're in good hands. All right. Guys, here's the thing. So, gambling is getting legalized more and more states 
every year there's more and more trickling through. So more and more people are starting to bet on these games, right? And you can tell when you have these new people getting involved, some of them don't really get it. They don't have the experience to really know what they're talking about when they say things. And there are certain buzz phrases, right? That they use and you're like, okay, well, kind of, but it's not really what we're talking about here in this situation. One of those buzz phrases they use is bad beat. Bad beat is when you make a pick, you make a bet, and it was the right play. It was the right play, but something crazy, something fluky happened so that that bet didn't end up winning. And people will use that all the time. Basically, with these new folks, anytime you just lose a bet and it's close, they'll try to claim bad beat. That's not a bad beat. That just means the odds maker set a right line, okay? A bad beat, something crazy and weird has to happen. That being said, we went 4-9-1 and one last week in our picks. 4-9-1. It was putrid. It was a bloodbath. It was a catastrophe. There were several bad beats in there. And I'm not saying new age bad beats. I'm saying we had several picks out of those 15 that were the right play without a doubt unquestioned but they didn't win they were bad beats so let's go through them all right now first pick of the week remember that 11 a.m kickoff we got that little appetizer we got the last hour of game day going on you have a game on the second screen that was vandy at wake forest water break timeout Got some feedback on the water break from last week's episode, like it was a bit or something. I didn't really like the water break. Guys, that, at that point, I'd just been talking for 15 minutes straight. I needed some water. That's all that was. That's all this is. It is water in here, by the way, so don't get any ideas. But when you're just doing a one-man show, talking by yourself for this song, you need some water. That's all it is. Sue me. Anyway, time in. Vanderbilt went to Wake Forest, 11 a.m. kick. Vanderbilt gets the ball first. By the way, the pick in this game was over 57, for those of you who don't remember, over 57 points. Vanderbilt gets the ball first possession, throws an interception. Wake Forest returns it inside the red zone. Good start. About to get some points here quickly. They run a couple plays in the red zone. Ref comes on the microphone. Lightning has been detected in the area. All teams and spectators, please clear the area. Great. So we're supposed to have this nice little appetizer of games, and now it's ruined. We're going to have to wait until the 12 o'clock noon games start, whatever. But, okay, we're still in good shape. The vibes are good. We're about to get a quick score here as soon as they come out. Uh, Wake Forest has all the momentum. They're about to cruise into the end zone. Long delay, several-hour delay. Wake Forest comes back out, has to settle for a field goal. And let me tell you, if that delay had not happened... Wake Forest is scoring a touchdown every time there. Vandy was reeling. Early interception. Wake comes out, runs it a couple of times, just gashing them. They come back out after the long delay, are able to hold them to a field goal. So that right there, four points that we didn't get that we should have gotten without the delay. Again, over 57 is the pick. 
guys, in the third quarter of this game, we had back-to-back goal line stands. There are two things that will kill an overbet. This is college football, NFL, high school, shouldn't be betting on that. But what will kill an over is a goal line stand. Because usually the offense has had the ball for a while. They're moving the ball. Things are going good. You think you're getting points. Then they decide to go for it on fourth down at the goal line, and they get stopped. Not only does that mean no points are being scored on this drive, that means the other team's getting the ball at their own one-yard line. Probably not going to be any points scored quickly for them either. It's a killer. So Wake Forest... Drives down the field. Vanderbilt stops him. Goal line stand. Crushing. Vanderbilt gets the ball. Goes all the way down the field. Takes several minutes off the clock doing it. They get to the goal line. And they fumble it into the end zone. And Wake Forest recovers for a turnover. So first drive of the game, we have four points taken off the board that we should have had. Those two drives, we have 14 points taken off the board that we should have had. That's 18 points that we should have had that are not on the board when we bet the over 57. Last possession of the game. Game for all intents and purposes is over. It just ain't right. Wake Forest has the ball. They're running. They're just gashing Vandy, just gashing them on the ground. Vandy's quit. It's over. They're just running out the clock. They get inside the five-yard line. It's third and goal. They got two shots of this thing. They're not going to kick a field goal at this point. Why? And suddenly, Vanderbilt decides to bow their neck and stuff Wake Forest on third down and fourth down for the third goal line stand of the game. The final score of the game was 36 to 20. For all you non-math majors out there, that's 56 points. So mad I can't even speak. 56 points. We took over 57. There are 25 points in that game that we should have had. It should have been the easiest over of the day. Should have been the easiest winner of the day. So we start out 0 and 1. Next play was Georgia minus 42. They won 45 to 3, so that's a push. Not a win, not a loss. Should have covered. Blew that first possession of the game. Got zero points out of it. Missed a chip shot field goal. It was a whole thing. But I'm not even counting that as see. That's what the new people would count as a bad beat. That's not a bad beat. That's just the odds makers set the correct line. Okay? No harm, no foul. Purdue, Virginia Tech over 48. Another long lightning delay. That's going to be a theme in some some of these. Over 48 was the play. There were 34 points scored in the first half. It means all we need is two touchdowns, the whole second half, to hit that number. After scoring 34 points in the first half, these two teams scored seven points in the second half. 
It ain't right. Also, another weather delay game, Notre Dame-NC State took the under. They soared over. Bad pick. So, during that noon slate, we're tracking the whole time to be looking at a 3-1 and one start between that Vandy Wake over, Georgia minus 42, and the Purdue-Virginia Tech over. We're looking at 3-1. and one. Great start of the day. Turns out we're 0-3-1. And at that point, to take you uh, sort of inside the personal life, my family was holding an event at their house for two of our cousins, two of our girl cousins. They're getting married. Congratulations. Great. Very gracious of the family to host an event for them. They were lovely. It was a whole big thing. I was not in the mood. We should have had three winners in the early slate. Instead, we're sitting at 0-3-1, fighting for our lives on every play. Should have been a great night. It was not. Next up, Ole Miss Tulane. We had the over 65 and a half. And earlier that day, the news is broken. Michael Pratt's just not going to play. That's the, the Tulane quarterback. Nobody knew that. I hadn't seen a single report about that throughout the week. I gave the play out on our preview show, feeling great about it. And then the best player in the game, the quarterback, he's just not playing. My voice is getting high because I'm getting worked up as I'm talking about this. I'm not even doing that on purpose. So again, that's another loss because the quarterback doesn't play. That game had no shot to get over at that point. We also had AM minus four. That was a bad pick. So at this point, we're sitting at 0 5 and 1. And I'm sitting over there at my parents' house, having to put on a happy face for the cousins who are getting married. Meanwhile, on the inside, oh, this is bad. This, this is not good. I have a responsibility to the viewers of this show to give out good picks. I've been giving out good picks, but the results aren't there. And this is the first time that I've been able to give out picks leading into a week. People might have taken these picks and they're just losing everything. And again, it's not like these are all bad plays. We should have a winning record at this point. Appalachian State, North Carolina. You remember, I told you we were taking the under in that one because they set the line at 58. When last season, when these two teams played, both teams scored in the 60s, and it was a sucker play to take the over. Well, I was right. Again, and the pick lost. Again. North Carolina has a 40-yard field goal at the end of regulation. 39, actually. It was under 40. Dude get, gets up there. Choke job of the year. Shakes it like nothing you've ever seen shake before. But we're in luck. Appalachian State's coach called a timeout right before the snap. We get a redo. 
All that has to happen is he makes his field goal. The game ends. We're way under. It's the win we need to get back on track. They come out of the timeout. This time the kick's for real. And he kicks it worse than he did the first time. So at this point, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 0, 6, and 1. When most of these plays should have been winners. We're 0, 6, and 1. We should be like 5, and 3, 6, and 2 right now. Liberty minus 10 and a half. They won. That was a winner. They won by 16. Finally. Texas, Alabama. We took the under 54 and a half with 23 seconds left in the third quarter. The score was 13 to 9. Think about what I just said. We're basically in the fourth quarter with 23 seconds left in the third quarter. The score was 13 to 9. And we're under 54 and a half. You do the math. I'm not going to get into what happened after that, but let's just say about 10 minutes of real time later, five minutes of game time, Chris Fowler, who was calling the game, this sentence came out of his mouth. There have been four touchdowns scored in the last five minutes. But why do bad things happen to good people, guys? I'm making this show for you. I'm trying to help y'all out. And then first week of giving out picks, bad beat, bad beat, bad beat, bad beat, bad beat. Next up, UConn plus three against Georgia State. I don't know what I was doing with that one. They got crushed. Bad pick. Next pick, Memphis minus 21. They won 37-3. Huzzah! We are officially on fade Arkansas State until they prove otherwise at this point, guys. Now, that's going to get tested this week. The line for that ain't even out yet because they're playing Stony Brook. So am I really going to give out a play? Tell people out there to bet their hard-earned money on Stony Brook. We'll have to see when an official line actually comes out, but... Arkansas State so far has lost 73 to nothing to Oklahoma and 37 to 3 to Memphis. You do the math. Temple Rutgers under 44. On the preview show last week, that was the quickest play I gave out. I just said it's Temple versus Rutgers. You think they're scoring a lot of points? Nope. And moved on to the next pick. That was a winner, guys. We took the under 44. There are only 43 points scored in the game. W. But that's not all. This game tried to bad beat us again. We had the under 44. In the first three quarters, there were 13 points scored total. Easy winner. Easy winner. 
They scored 30 points in the fourth quarter, guys. It was this close to being the worst beat of the day. We got the win, but that's the kind of day it was. Nothing came easy. We're going to have some of those days. It's okay. We got to get through them. But even the winners were almost bad beats. When you find yourself in one of those days, you just got to keep on, keep on row, row the boat, channel your inner PJ Fleck, keep on swimming, channel your inner Dory. I don't know. I just... Arizona Mississippi State under sixty was another winner for us. That one went to overtime. The pick was so good. It went to a college football overtime, and the under still hit. That doesn't happen. That's how good that pick was. That's also how much we still almost got screwed by it. It just, nothing was easy. Then Auburn Cal, we took the over 55. There were 24 points scored. That one was bad. So, we went 4-9-1 at a minimum. At a minimum. Should have been 7-6-1. That's being conservative. And it could have easily been 10-5. I mean, Vandy Wake, no excuse for that overnight hitting. Again, they left, what I say, 25 points on the board? Texas-Alabama... One touchdown scored all game with 23 seconds left in the third quarter. Then they score five touchdowns the rest of the game and four in like five minutes. Whoa. North Carolina had two chances to make a 40-yard field goal and couldn't do it to avoid going to overtime. That's the three. That's the three that I'm counting should have won. Like, no bones about it. Those were the right plays. They just didn't happen. Then if I'm getting greedy about it, I'm saying Tulane's quarterback didn't play. We didn't know that. And, uh, you know, Virginia Tech versus Purdue, 34 points in the first half. They get a weather delay. They're just trying to get out of there, run the ball second half. That should have been another winner. Could have been 10-5. and five. Should have been seven, six, and one. It ends four, nine, and one. Guys, here's the thing. There's gonna be a week or two like that every season. Now, this is the first time I have a show or anything like this. I'm giving these out publicly, but I've been doing this for the last five college football seasons. And we've had a winning record every single time. Assuming every bet is minus one ten odds, you gotta win fifty-two and a half percent of these things over the course of the season to profit. I've done it every time. Stick with it. Stick with it. Gonna have weeks like this. But then some of them, it doesn't seem like it's as many as go against you. Some of them you're going to get lucky on. And they'll fall your way. Okay? Just trust the process. Trust the process. This week might be the worst slate ever in the history of college football regular season. So what we love about college football is the regular season. They're ruining the sport after this season. 
trying to make it all about the playoff. But we get 14 of these things, guys, every year. 14 of these sacred Saturdays that are nonstop 100 games of college football from noon to midnight Eastern. And one of them just isn't very good this year. And it's this coming week. That's why I feel comfortable going to the Georgia-South Carolina game this week. There's nothing huge that I'm going to be missing while I'm stuck in that stadium with spotty Wi-Fi. I mean, is the biggest game this week Washington and Michigan State? Really? And feel free to come to this show because this is the only one we're not going to be talking about the Michigan State drama right now because I don't know what's going on there. But Washington-Michigan State might be the biggest game of this week, and it's being streamed on Peacock. Uh, What is happening? Can somebody give us a good game here? Usually, Tennessee-Florida is must-watch for people like me. Like, I like to watch every game, but especially a good traditional SEC rivalry like that. Oh, yeah. Florida stinks. Tennessee hadn't been great this year. It's just, where's the juice this week? It's not really there. Now, next week, next week is why we do this thing. The slate next week, I'm not going to go through it right now, but just trust me, next week, I've got actually going to make the official declaration. This Saturday, I'm officially laying it down. This is apple picking Saturday. All you guys out there, you got your broad. You're not really going to just stay in here and watch football all day again, are you? Well, yeah, we are, but... If you got to pick one Saturday throughout the season to go do your honeydew list, to go spend time with her, now a guy like me, I'm married to the game, so that ain't a problem for me. But I know a lot of you, the old ball and chain, it's, you got to balance it. And this is the Saturday. In fact, you take initiative on it. You take initiative on it. Plan something fun with the missus. Go do it. It'll earn you a couple weeks. Because let me tell you, next Saturday? (laughs) Uh, Next Saturday? Nah. Your butt's going to be on that couch from noon to midnight. So get your points in now. Get your brownie points in now. All right. We've only got eight plays so far this week. Shameless plug here. If you want the rest of the plays for this week, you're going to have to go to Twitter.com. Now it's called X. Elon changed that. Follow at E-P-O-C-F-B. It's the Twitter account for this show. I will be posting the entire card on there before Saturday. But for right now, I have eight. We'll be adding more later in the week. Here they are. North Carolina, minus seven and a half. Guys, I think North Carolina's pretty good. They're hosting Minnesota. I think Minnesota stinks. Like, Minnesota only beat Nebraska at home in week one because Nebraska is still allergic to winning like they have been for the last several years. 
more than that even since they fired Polini. Like, Nebraska just can't win a game. They had the game won. Minnesota made an insane catch and toe drag in the side of the end zone to win that game against them in week one. Shouldn't have happened. They got lucky. North Carolina is much better than that. I'm laying over a touchdown in that one. Duke minus 18 and a half. They're hosting Northwestern. The real winner of this game is the libraries. Am I right? <laughs> it feels like a sucker play, but I just, this team beat Clemson by three touchdowns. They should beat Northwestern by three touchdowns. If it doesn't happen, sue me. James Madison on the road at Troy. Getting points? Excuse me? James Madison, who just beat Virginia? Last week, now Virginia stinks, but so does Troy. I mean, what are we doing here? James Madison plus three. I like him to win it outright, but we're only taking the three. Got a little twofer in a game here. 7.30 p.m., Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets heading to Oxford, Mississippi. It was ugly last year. It got Jeff Collins fired last year. We're taking the Jackets plus 19 and the over 63 and a half. Georgia Tech's offense is competent. Their defense, not so much. Ole Miss's offense is good. Defense, not so much. It's a recipe for and over. Ole Miss went to Tulane last week. They go to Bama next week. Need I say more? Trap game, Jackets plus 19, and the over. Clemson minus 24. They're playing Florida Atlantic. People are talking a lot about them. Giving them lots of guff. Some of it well-deserved, but 24 against Florida Atlantic, they'll have that thing covered by halftime, I think. You guys, we talked about what how bad of a slate it is this week. You know where game day is this week? They're in Boulder. And Colorado's been the talk of the sport these first two weeks, and rightfully so. As we talked about last episode, Dion's been doing a great job. They're hosting Colorado State. They're 23 and a half point favorites. We're taking the over 59 because go Nebraska's offense is just awful. So people are going to think Colorado's offense or defense, excuse me, got some things figured out after that TCU game. No, Nebraska's offense just stinks. Colorado's defense still stinks. Colorado State's going to be able to put up enough points for when Shador and Travis Hunter and the boys get the ball on offense. You know they're going to do their thing. Over 59, I really like that play this week. Now, here's the eighth play. Looked at the line for the Georgia-South Carolina game. Georgia's minus 27 and a half. The over... Under is 54 and a half. I was ready to give out the South Carolina team total under. Because that implied score with those numbers is 41 to 14 Georgia. That's what the odds makers think the game's going to be. 
Guys, South Carolina scored 17 on North Carolina. Now, people are chirping Georgia right now because they haven't looked great these first two games against nobodies. They haven't. But the defense kind of has. They gave up one touchdown to UT Martin that probably wasn't really a touchdown. Then they gave up three points in garbage time to Ball State. Again, it's UT Martin and Ball State, but the defense hasn't been the problem. So I was ready to sit here and give out to everybody South Carolina team total under because it would have been right around 14. I'm thinking if they scored 17 on North Carolina, they're probably not going to be able to score 14 on Georgia and Athens. Then I remembered. I said, hey, Ben. Hey, Ben, remember on the very first episode of Entertainment Purposes Only, before it even had a t- it wasn't even called Entertainment Purposes Only back then? Remember how you said don't bet team total unders? Because you could do a correlated same game parlay that's for better odds? That's what we're doing here, boys and girls. Georgia minus 27 and a half. Parlayed with under 54 and a half. Plus 260 odds instead of minus 115 odds. Now, that's quite the needle to thread in a big spread game. I, It's scary, but I think it happens more than once every 2.6 times this game is played, which is the odds we're getting. So that's what I'm giving out. Those are the eight plays I'm giving out so far. Again, follow on Twitter at EPOCFB for the rest of the card. I'll have it up before Saturday. Guys, thanks for watching. Again, hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give the five-star rating. We'll see you next time. Thank you.